Supercars in Sydney, racing all weekend long. Panasonic Air Conditioning, Sydney Super Night, 19 to 21 July. Now a ticket tap. Supercars, unforgettable. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Great to be with you on another week, the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Repco. I'm Aaron Noonan. Great to have you along for the ride this week as we dive into another chat with another interesting name and face from the world of Australian motorsport. Now, my guest on the pod this week is the team principal at Walkinshaw Andretti United. Bruce Stewart's been around the sport for a long time now, and for a guy who was outside motorsport, he sure has become something of a guy in motorsport. He's the man on the ground here in Melbourne leading Walkinshaw Andretti United on behalf of Ryan Walkinshaw, Michael Andretti and Zach Brown and Richard Dean from United. He's in a really interesting role and it was a really interesting chance to sit down and have a catch up with him, particularly in the wake of the team's recent news of their move to Ford next year. We talk about how they're going to farewell their Holden legacy and period at the end of this year's championship at the Adelaide 500 what the feedback's been like from the fans and from the industry relating to their big announcement from May when they announced that they would go to Ford Mustangs for 2023. We talk a bit about Bruce's background. We talk about where he came from before he came to motorsport and some of the mistakes maybe that the Walkinshaw Holden Racing Team operation made along the way, including trying to be a little bit too much like Triple Eight. They've certainly been a team that's been on the rise in recent times, not quite consistent at the point to be full-time championship challengers, but with the Bathurst 1000 win last year and Chas Mostert being very competitive, it is a team that has got a very strong supporter base. I think you'll enjoy this chat. Enjoy this sit-down. Buckle up, sit back, relax. Bruce Stewart on the V8 Salute podcast, powered by Repco. Bruce Stewart, thank you for having me at Walkinshaw. Well, it's not really Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, is it? We're at Walkinshaw, 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 aren't we? Yeah, this, is, this, is head, this is the big Kahuna head. This is the group, you know, like this is Ryan's house. Mm. So, uh, yeah, this is where it all happens road car wise. We're about to move property but um, and go into a new facility, which we want to try and compete with how this one sits. This is bloody impressive. It's awesome. It's huge. Yeah. Because yeah, this is Walkinshaw Automotive Group. This is yep. all the road car stuff that has been for all sorts of manufacturers and yes. remanufacturing. The race team doesn't live where we are no. right now. We were going to. We yeah. were going to. But it expanded so quickly and the uh, number of cars are putting through that, you know, I think uh, ATB was – uh, MD and they said to him, uh, "Actually, no, you got to stay where you are." <laughs> so uh, we've we've been in the same place for thirty, almost thirty years. Man, um, it it kind of feels that way too. So we're uh, we're moving joint, which is great, um, and uh, will give us a whole impetus for the staff and the sponsors, and you know, just brings everyone into the one place as well. Mm. Clayton Business Park's been the home of. HRT, Walkinshaws, yeah. and then all the offshoot stuff, the Kmart team and yeah. HSV dealer team, the Young Lions. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the ending of a chapter this year with with that stuff because that's been, you know, we talk about your team, it's 
the Cl- team from Clayton. It's Clayton, you know. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're, we're still, still going to be in Clayton. You're not still, leaving the postcard. We're staying in the same business park. We're just moving to a much better building, a much bigger building. And, um, yeah, it'll be much more obvious from the front of the business park. Um, yeah, it's kind of bloody hell. It's been a long time coming, but wrapped, it's going to happen. Mm. And it comes at a time when I guess it's good timing, new era for you in supercars next year with the Ford stuff coming along, which that caught a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. Now, that it's, now that the sort of the, the buzz has sort of slowed down and it's sort of, you know, okay, people have started to get their head around it, have you been surprised at the reaction? Uh, now that you've seen and felt and heard a little bit, you've been to some races, you've seen socials, you've yeah. clearly heard from your fan base, the wider fan base. What's your feeling on it all now with the reaction? I think people have been pretty rational. Like I think they've been a lot more rational than I thought. You I expected thought a real while. Oh, I thought we were going to get walloped and because mm. it's a big move. Um, it's a big change for the traditional Team Red um, to do this. But, you know, through all the rationale and when you kept discussing it, you know, one of those things that kept nagging you was, wow, how are the fans going to go with this? But I think, and pats on the back to our PR, you know, uh, lead, Andrew Wiles, we've just really open-booked it and said, well, these are the reasons why. Um, we're a team that wants to keep going and keep growing and be the best we can be and resurrect the days of old and, you know, be the champion team again. This is the best path forward. We know it hurts. I think even Ryan said it. It's kind of weird for him still to get his head around it that, you know, we're leaving the red to go to the blue side. But in Ford, we've got a partner, people and a group um, of individuals and a company that's right behind us that is saying, we believe what you want to do and where your goals are and your expectations. Let's make it happen. And that's super invigorating. Bloody hell. It's great to be uh, feel that momentum behind you. So there was no chance of staying like becoming a Camaro team next year just wasn't an option? Oh, uh, no, definitely we investigated and pushed and prodded hard in that direction. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, they uh, the the deal couldn't come together and, and um, you know, I, I can only talk from our point of view. Mm. We had um, a very motivated partner in Ford wanting to partner with us. So um, that momentum meant that, you know, um, we had to go that way. Mm. And, um, you know, we understand the fan vitriol and, you know, the, you know, we all bleed red. We all love our history. You know, I remember when I first started with the team working for HRT. Huge. Huge. Big like, that's just like, you know, I worked for the Holden Racing Team. That was just such a badge of honour mm. and, and still is, you know, but um, that team no longer exists in that same format. Mm. That team is um, no longer gone and the factory support hasn't been there since 2016. And unfortunately, our team has been mediocre and average for a long time. Mm. And so you either go, do we want to keep going like that? Do we want to, you know, keep trying to eke, you know, a few points here and a few uh, 1% is here to try and catch the leaders? Or do we really want to have a crack? And we've got some really amazing leaders in our in our place, and I don't want to, you know, um, sound like a cliche, but people have been around the team for a long time. There's plenty of familiar faces there. That it, you know, they, they were there. You know, Robbie Starr's the one who's been there Ro- the, the longest Robbie's- since 1991. <laughs> I was ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he's it's like um, he's 
He should have a bloody statue. But um, <laughs> well, you're going to a new place. Maybe you can yeah, pop a rock yeah. star star. Yeah, out Rob, the Rob, Rob, hold back if you're <laughs> listening to this. Um, but the other thing is, you know, like uh, you got Macca and you got Burnsy and you Anthony got, McDonald. Yes, yeah, Justin Burns, son of the great bloody engine builder Neil Burns. Yeah, with the team years ago and dealer team before that. So the yeah, the, the well, ties are there. The, the ties are there exactly. And all of these people, if you look them in the eye, and we're all getting a little bit older. It's like, you know what, do we want to keep going around and at one stage in your life at the end say, that's it, well, that was my career in supercars, was sort of mid-rung, won a couple of Bathursts, or do you want to have a, a crack? You went to say the inside line F then, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. We're going to talk about that later. I did. And, we, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> but do you want to have a crack? Do we really want to make a difference for us, for our families, for our fans, for our sponsors? And that's kind of invigorating because when you look at it and you go, you know what, I'm not over and done. I'm not happy with mediocre. We've got to do what we can to resurrect this great team back to the top. And it's a long journey because those top couple of teams are doing a fantastic job. And so we can't kid ourselves that it's easy, but we've got to make moves and decisions that help us get there. Otherwise, we are just going to be middle of the rung or, you know, win a couple of big races. Living off past glories. Yeah, bugger that. Mm. Bugger that news. Mm. Like, seriously, we've – so you you make hard decisions and sometimes those decisions hurt and, you know, you have um, that red army that, you know, people at every racetrack bail me up and go, what, what, what's going on? What's happened here? You know, and you chat to them rationally about – we love our history. We love Team Red. We love HRT. Oh, I walked in here today at the Welcome Shore Group, and obviously there's you know plenty of HS3 road cars. I'm looking straight out here at a commonly known as a Welcome Shore, but the Group ASV yeah. Commodore of '88. Yeah. There's a the last Garth Town to Warren Luff Sandown winning 2016 car that's back in its VF uh, HRT livery. Just as you walk in the door here, there's a bunch of other different models and eras of, of HSVs, your history is so strong and the, the yeah. passion is so so strong through all that. Yeah, and the racing DNA has been linked with the road car for so long. Um, but, you know, you're right, the history and the illustrious and the wins and the victories, we've got to take this team back there. Otherwise, we're kidding ourselves. And so you make some decisions that hurt a bit, but there's real hope and there's real enthusiasm that we – we can make a difference with this new alignment. And the people at Ford again have been fantastic in saying we're right behind you. And that is amazing to have that tailwind. So let's see what we can do. The thing that really sticks in my brain from when the HRT banner was moved to Triple Eight, yeah. your, your fan, it's, it's, a, it's a really unique situation where the brand is the team and the team is the brand. Whereas other teams, you know, Triple Eight are a good example. Yeah. They've been Team Better Electrical, they've been Team Vodafone, they've been Red Bull Racing and various iterations of that name. But at the core, they're Triple Eight under a couple of different banners over the journey. Yeah. You guys were the banner and the team all wrapped together. So when the banner, it wasn't like you just pulled the banner off the top of the, the shelf of the team. It's integrated into the whole thing of mixture of how it works. So your fans that followed your team, Nearly to a man and woman yeah. said, "We're not going there. We're yeah. not following that banner because that's not us. This is our team." Yeah, the Walkinshaw of what it became, Mobile One HSV Racing initially, and now WAU. They stuck fat. Yeah, that. How do you reckon they're going to go now? Because this is different. This yes. is okay. We're stuck fat with you on that change. We get it. Okay. Now you're jumping the fence. Although the red side's not there anymore. There's yeah. a sister of the red side there yeah. but 
do you reckon you're going to lose some people here? But this this reminds me a bit of Brock and Lowndes. Brock told Lowndes going to Ford, you're going to lose half your fan base, but you'll win half the fan base off the other side. Do you reckon there's a bit of that in this? Yeah, th- there is. But equally, we'd love our fans to come with us. Importantly, the fans who know us, we're still the same people. We're still the same ethos. We still have the same characters and personalities behind it. We're doing what we can to bring glory and triumph and celebration back to our team. Mm. Um, and so um, a lot of those people who, you know, on social media, you know, really had a really good crack and, and you understand. What a shock. What a shock. <laughs> yeah, social yeah, media yeah. having a crack. Holy yeah, hell. it was a bit of passion. But equally, a lot of those people, when you speak to them rationally, they're, they're coming around. Now, we know not everyone will come and we thank them for coming on the journey and being with us thus far and we understand not everyone will come but we hope um, a lot of them will because we're not doing this um, for something as um, little as money or commercial. We're doing it because we're talking about um, a factory alignment that will give us much more than just a commercial backing. It's like a – it's not a quick sugar hit. No, it's not. It's not. And it will give us – you know, I guess foundations to try and get this team back to the top. And that's what we want. The Succinctly, if I distill it, Ryan Walkinshaw, Mike Wendretti and Zach Brown don't task me with making a profit or winning a couple of trophies with this team. They're, they have one goal, constantly improve our team and take it back to the top. They're not interested in being mid, mid-rung in the, in the supercars paddock um, and coming along for a couple of events during the year. Not interested. What they want is to have an elite racing operation in supercars and take this once great great team back to the top. So when you have such a single-minded motivation like that, it helps make some decisions that are initially hard to swallow, but hopefully people can understand. It reminds me a lot, actually, knowing you. In our supercar world, we all have relationships, but I think we make them stronger through our other interests. Yes. A lot of us follow AFL football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you support? The the Demons. Okay. Yeah. So let's have a look at the Demons. Yeah, totally. Right now, reigning premiers, going for it again this year, had a couple of injuries, but they're up in the top, you've got to be in the top four to get there in September. Rewind a few years. Yeah, and their glory had been, you know, 60s. You know, and we're talking HRT glory, 90s, noughties. Yeah. So even further back, basket case, but hard decisions, learnt lessons, went to the you – know, I can see similarities of it looked like those things, they're never going to get there. Yeah. And bang. Last year they looked like they could beat any team by 100 points. Yeah. So it's amazing how it – and look, it's, they're different sports, but I, I see that there's a little bit of – Similarity there. Absolutely. And and if you keep doing the same thing, you know, um, it is a definition of insanity because you're just going to get the same results. Mm. And so um, those decisions that they made and they were brave, you've got to be a bit brave but courageous and make some calls that um, are a little bit hard to swallow but are for the right reasons. That's what we're doing. We're improving our business and we're giving ourselves the op- every opportunity to take this team back to the top. Supercars in Sydney, racing all weekend long, shifting from day into dusk into darkness. Lights on, because in Sydney, we ignite the night. We are go to light up our Sydney sky. 
You don't want to miss this. Panasonic Air Conditioning, Sydney Super Night, 19 to 21 July. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars, unforgettable. So the Ford thing's the obvious thing yeah. that the fans would link as what you're saying are the big calls. But what have been the other big calls along the way in the last year, two or three Yeah, to, to do this? And, and clearly you've got more to come. Absolutely. You know, I think bringing Chaz to our team was a big, big part of that and that was the initial catalyst. He's the Pied Piper, like amazing, amazing person, off track, super talented on track, but also he fits in very well with our culture. Um, I, I guess uh, in regard to our culture, we have a lot of leaders in our team. I, I think we run a little bit differently from most other teams insofar as I'm not an engineer or a mechanic. Mm. Means I'm pretty sure you're aware of that. So, <laughs> um, and, and in that respect, you have to have strong people in those roles you know, Carl Foe, Anthony McDonald, you have Andrew Wiles on the commercial side, you know, you've got Darren Tate in production, you've got really experienced, strong people in those roles because they've got to stand up and they have to make the calls. I see my role as principal as just being, I facilitate them with funding, um, people or resource and try and help them with structure or any other means to help them take us forwards and trust them, mm. get out of the way. <laughs> so, you know, because um, race teams often run with a really autocratic one person at the top. Now, I'm pretty sure that if I was telling Carl which springs to use, you know, and, uh, you know, roll centres and stuff, you know, that his eyes would glaze over, <laughs> he might even have a tear. So, um, you know, I've got to trust in our people and give them that. So I think in the way, the methodology that we run and the culture that we, we're trying to uh, grow in our business has been really different. And in the past, um, when I was at HRT at different times, it could be a little bit of a difficult environment to be in because I think unashamedly it was trying to be a lot like Triple Eight with a really um, strong leader at the f- top who would um, point and tell everyone what to do, and everyone got in line. Um, whereas uh, I think we tried to be a li- little bit like them for a long time and we didn't do very well at it. We've got to be ourselves. And mm. if you look at our owners, who they are, and particularly Walkinshaws and Ryan, we have personality, we have character, we embrace you know, difference between our people. We allow people like Chaz to turn up with crazy hair at different <laughs> events. You know, um, we really celebrate hard. We have a really awesome, you know, we celebrate our wins culture. Um, and it's uh, hopefully a culture that will be different from the other teams. That It's a really interesting point you raise about looking at the other mob in Queensland at Banyo yeah. and trying to be like them. Oh, mate. What period when were you doing that? I th- now I that think, you look back on it. I, I think, you know, you know, early uh, in the you know, 11, 12, 13, 14. When they swapped the holder. Yeah, exactly. When they came across and, um, you know, we were, were constantly being compared to them, I think it often at different times became quite a hard place because we were trying to out-elite them, out, outdo them at, at a military precision exercise, whereas um, we certainly have structures and processes, but... We weren't being ourselves, you know, like um, we're a very different group of people than them and I back our people, you know. I, to do it their way. Yeah, to do it yeah. their way, to do, you know, um, because if you're constantly trying to emulate another group, you, you're just playing second fiddle. So mm. I think we have 
elements in the way we operate that are hopefully, hopefully um, give us an advantage on them when we can get our car up to spec. Uniquely, you've got three owners, none of which are full-time here. Ryan yeah. is the closest he comes yes. and goes. Zach, obviously, in the UK, in a bit of America with all of his McLaren stuff, Michael in the States. And you're not, a, as you said before, you're a commercial team principal, which makes you very different to pretty much every other team principal in the lane at the moment and in the last X years. Traditionally, they're motorsporty people from a yeah. mechanical yeah. engineering-y side of things. So when you're talking about doing it differently, they're the bits that I look at and go, that, uh, th- there's no comparison in the pit lane to anyone who's a little bit like that, half like that, slightly like that. It's totally unique. Would having one of those owners be full-time here be of a massive assistance to you? I think, to be frank, we have so much communication with them uh, that, you know, every night I have communication, um, you know, often with Ryan and Zach on one side of the world and every morning I'll be talking with Mike. When the clock goes around the other way. (laughs) It's always on their terms though. (laughs) How does that work? Anyway, no, um, but yeah. I don't think it really makes a difference. The world is very close with email, f- WhatsApp, phone calls, you know, Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. So we, yep. you know, we uh, utilise that resource really well. One of the things that springs into my mind, obviously, the, the Ford thing, there was a lot written about externally about you guys on the hunt for another manufacturer over the journey for the last yeah. couple of years. I think Ryan's expressed that there was one really quite close yeah. and then COVID all yes. you know, changed the world, changed that, changed everything. I'm really interested in your take on this is the fact that you've ended up with the other mob in the existing championship, yeah. not with someone else new or someone old coming back or anything like that. Is that a reflection more on just the, what happened with the world, where the category is at and how it's viewed in the motoring industry, how you're viewed among the motoring industry? Which of those things is probably the standout well, definition of that? I know that's a diff- there's no, probably that's, a, that's, a few things that are difficult to answer in that, but I'm really interested in it. I think there are manufacturers keen to come in. To be quite frank, the people at Ford have the same alignment and vision and once we started talking to them, you're like, wow, wow. These- it would have been hard to have anyone out there to beat that. Yeah, yeah, and equally they believe in us and everything they're saying m- makes sense of what we're trying to do. You find out how aligned you are and uh, that was a really watershed moment for, you know, the – particularly Ryan and myself when we were going through the process, you were like, bloody hell, there's a lot to be said. It's like in this. a su- nice surprise. It's a nice surprise, mm. really nice surprise. I think there are the motor, um, automotive businesses that will come into supercars down the track. Um, I have no doubt of that. And I'm wrapped we are where we are. So for the end of, you know, the car of the future, we'll be seeing Holden out and we're – Proudly going to go into a, a Ford Mustang for Gen 3. Um, and we know what we expect from the Ford people and we know what they expect from us. So it's really interesting that it's just worked out that your last run in a Commodore is going to be at a marquee return of an old favourite, the Adelaide 500. Yeah. Of course, Adelaide's history with GM, Holden, the, the plant there, Holden has dominated that event when you calculate it over the journey and your team's been one of those. Have you got something special in mind? I don't expect you to give it away, but <laughs> yeah. have you got anything cooking with liveries or programs or things that are going to happen around that to sort of send this out the right a- way? Absolutely. We're going through the process and planning right now. We want to see Holden out properly. Um, 
again, just to reiterate, super proud. Um, we celebrate our, our history. You know, we we were the Holden Racing Team. So we'll see it out properly at Adelaide. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll keep an eye on yeah. what you've got cooking. Cool. Now let's talk the Brucey Stewart story. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Where'd you come from? Where, where, like early racing exposure or was motor racing something that came to you later when you got involved in it professionally? Uh, I'm a New Zealander. I wasn't going to go oh, and tell no, everyone no, that. No, you were no, hiding no, it no. Really Just get well. it out now. Get all it right. out now. Tell yeah, the world. Exactly. Admit it now. Admit yeah, it but now. Um, once you can all get past that um, and, and – been over here for since 1990 um, and like motor racing from a distance. To be quite frank, um, my wife was in mother's group with Tony Scaife and got to know Mark and Tony and uh, I was in sport. I was in AFL, uh, horse racing and then got offered uh, the opportunity to look at the role at Walkinshaw Racing and the Holden Racing Team and you've got to look at that mm. and came across and I thought, you know what, I'll do this for – Three or four years, I'll be a commercial manager here, and then I'll go back into AFL and do something there and see see where I can go there. And man, this thing is just so addictive. <laughs> this thing is just like once you got it, you can't let go of it. It's like, an addiction. It is. Once it gets in, it is. It's amazing to see people who've come from, you know, you didn't yeah. follow it growing up. You didn't go yeah. and hang over the fence at Pukekohe as a kid. No, you didn't really watch it on telly. You just you just yeah. knew of it. Yeah. But once you're in, oh, oh it, it, I've seen this before. It, you're in. It's a drug. It's and a good drug, though. Oh, it's a ripper. Uh, yeah, and so once you're in it, you're like, wow, this is fantastic. I, the, the moment that came to me when I, I, left, I left the team for six to 12 months, I said, I, I can't keep giving away these weekends, got a young family, and uh, I went into a role in, in uh, sport government type stuff, really sort of 8.30 to 5 sharp type stuff, and, and it wasn't really fulfilling for me. Um, and had a holiday and I went away and it was near the beach and my wife and the kids walked down to the, the beach at, at about 9.30 and it was Bathurst weekend Friday and I said, oh, i tell you what, uh, Lisa, I'll, I'll see you um, at the beach. I'll just watch a little bit of Crompton and all the people here and on TV and I'll, I'll be down shortly. Well, they walked back in at 4.30. <laughs> you were still and, there. <laughs> and, and my wife's like, you, you've got to get back into this, don't you? And I said, yeah, I miss it. I really, really miss it. Like it's in the blood. Um, so, yeah, that was that was the moment you go, you know what, I, I really want to come back. So did you come here to play cricket, am I right? In- yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a, you can see from I'm a naturally looking uh, cricketer, um, probably clearly a mid, you know, uh, sort of midfield batting sort of, you know, one of those Mike Gatting type, Ellen Lamb, Chubby checker, sort of, you know, middle order batter. Um, but yeah, I came over to play cricket, played very badly at the Melbourne Cricket Club, really badly. Um, but I got to know a lot of really good people, including Brad Hodge, who's in the, a bit of the uh, telecast. And um, yeah, it was, it was really good. Love, I love cricket, but just didn't have the talent. Oh, I love lots of things and I didn't yeah. have the talent to even yeah. get to that point. So you're yeah. well in front of plenty of people here. Um, you had some time at Melbourne Footy Club? Yes. So hence why that – were you uh, – that that ingrained into you so, and that's why you're a Melbourne well, supporter he, he, now no, as well? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? So in New Zealand, if you play rugby for a club and you play cricket for that club, like you, you don't, you know, go for one club in winter sport and you go to another club in mm. summer sport. So when I, I played cricket for the Melbourne Cricket Club – and then I decided to stay, you know, for winter and, and like, well, let's go and watch the Melbourne Demons, you know, and they're like, I follow Essendon. No, I follow Hawthorne. 
you know, I'm like, well, you can't play cricket for Melbourne and follow Essendon, Hawthorne, <laughs> St Kilda in winter. And, but, no, yeah, that's what it is. I'm like, but yeah, I'm sticking with the one club. And, man, that was a bad choice because <laughs> from 1990 to 2021 – some scarce, lean, oh, terrible oh, years, oh. some severally large thrashings. But anyway, paid off last year. Got there in the end. It, it, that one yeah. and the way it was one made it all. Yeah, oh, dead. Surely. Dead. Surely. I'm getting emotional. Yeah. Oh, it was, it, it was it, awesome. It was, you know, as a sports enthusiast, I know a lot yeah. of our listeners who love their supercars and their motorsport are football followers of both you oh. know, any code, any round ball, over ball, whatever it might be. Yeah. But that as a sporting story was a stunning – I remember sitting here watching it and when, you, when you're when you in neutral like me, I'm a Hawthorne supporter. Yeah. Uh, you're like, I just want to see a good game. <laughs> um, and it was a ripping game to about half time. The dog's in front. It's all – yeah. then, then your blokes just – I don't oh. know what they did. They just went fast forward. Yeah. 74 points. I know. What? Yeah, I mean, Bontempelli, when he kicked, he kicked a goal in the third quarter uh, and I, I, I stood up and I was like, this is it, we're, 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 we're gone. It's, it's, I think we were 11 points down or 17 points down. I thought, we're, we're toast here. And then just to see bang, 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 Insane. bang. Amazing. Insane. Yeah, it was great. Am I right in my research in that you spent some time dealing in beef jerky? <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe I left that out of my resume when we were talking before. <laughs> yes, I did. That's... Who the hell gave you that? Yes, I did. Yeah, I was the uh, meat snacks expert for Australia. Uh, no, I, I spent three years there <clears throat> after I did my marketing um, sort of post-grad stuff and that was pretty cool. You got to see the other side. To be honest, it has helped me with a lot of what you do in the sponsorship land in regard mm. to understanding how FMCG companies want to create value from partnerships. So I won't bore you too much, but, yes, I was the meat snacks expert. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, I could still talk you through it as well. <laughs> we might do a yeah. second part of the podcast yeah, yeah. for that one for yeah. our listening audience who go, oh, beef jerky is yeah. not really my thing. Um, as an outsider, what have you? What did you find strange about how motorsport works? And perhaps you still yeah. find it strange compared to footy and all the other places that you've been because we're a weird, unique creature, it Australian yeah, motorsport. It it's in a way sometimes I describe it to some people as we're actually not sometimes part of the Australian sporting fabric, although for certain times of the year, October, we, yeah. we very much are. Not you know, We're not in the paper every day. We don't have a game every week. We don't have 16 different clubs and 42 players on a list and so much to draw from. Yeah, um, It's like we're a private circus that goes around 12 or 13 times a year pitching our tent to turn it on for the various parts of the That's country. Right. So it's this whole different vibe. Yeah. What have you always found unique and strange maybe about motorsport then and perhaps still now. Well, one one key thing is I can see in footy players versus carters who turn into motorsport and supercar drivers. Footy players can kick the pigskin and be whoever they want to be, but if you're a good player and you get the pill 30 times and you're a good kick on both feet, you could be anything. We can overlook any weird haircuts and yes. misbehaviours and other stuff. Correct. Yep. Whereas in motorsport, there's – an amazing inbuilt um, respect for what it takes to get there. But because by the time you get to supercars, you've gone through a level two program, whether you've gone through a Carrera Cup or a Super Two, but also you've come through karting and mum and dad have had to spend a lot of money getting you there. And at some stage they've gone, we can't afford this. You need to get, get some partners in and some sponsors in. And um, so there's a real respect from 
supercar drivers about who they are, what they represent and how they behave. And I think it's amazing because having my time in AFL footy from the dramas that I experienced there in a, sh- in a three or four-year time with players being quite loose at times um, versus how supercar drivers behave, I think, you know, we're very lucky. And um, motorsport drivers generally have a really good understanding of that, um, what, what it's taken to get there. I think, um, secondly, the fan passion is through the roof. You know, like um, the loyalty and the fan passion is amazing and it's an addictive you know, I really enjoy speaking to the fans, like, because you get all walks of life and, you know, uh, I, I love that what, ha- you know, happens with the fans. But the, the third part is it's super entrepreneurial. So when you come from in, AFL... In a good way or a bad way? Both. Right. So when you come from AFL, um, AFL is really restricted and there's how your sponsors can um, activate and bring it to life and there's certain categories you can't go near and you can't do this versus the AFL's sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. In supercars, it's much more open market, and that creates really volatile but open market kind of trading. And it can be a little bit cutthroat. It can be a lot cutthroat. And sometimes some of the teams behave um, pretty horrendously with um, – And we're talking about undercutting other undercutting teams. Undercutting other teams and trying to acquire partners – um, and what it teaches you, you've got to have a very strong proposition of what you're doing and and who you are and what you represent and partner with sponsors and partners who understand that. So, um, But I really enjoy the cut and thrust. I really, really do. We genuinely compete on and off track. Like in fo- footy, there's more of a camaraderie of on-field we'll, we'll compete, but off-field your sponsors are your sponsors. My Ours are ours and, you know, like there's no sort of cut and thrust. Mm. In supercars, it's all on. Like, <laughs> and if, you ever, if, if you're a supercars fan, if you ever want to see how it works, what, where if you're walking past the pits, take a walk down one of the trucks and walk past all <laughs> the prime movers at the other end of, of those B-doubles that are lined up and see how many people are talking in what they think is some kind of – Veil of silence, some kind of Maxwell Smart veil of silence and no one can see them, to other team principals, to drivers, to sponsors. It's extraordinary watching. And often if if I'm going somewhere, I'll go down the prime end just because I'm super interested in seeing, oh, who's talking talking to to him? (laughs) Isn't he that sponsor? You you know, and like, believe me, uh, racing fans, do that because you'll be amazed. <laughs> yeah. I might even be there. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. say yeah. hello yeah. to Bruce when you go for a wander down there. Yeah, the wave, wave to me and remind <laughs> me that there's no veil of silence. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. But that's exciting. So it's always on. Racing's always on. And you get to the end of an event and there is a genuine com- camaraderie, but it's hard. Like if you're down – other teams will work hard to keep you down. Mm. And if you're at the top, they'll chip away and chip away. So um, it makes it kind of addictive. Like the racing doesn't stop with the sessions. Mm. Competition's always there. Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years. From the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them, AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au. 
I'm, I'm, as I'm getting older, I think I'm getting more entranced and intrigued in the business of motorsport. Yep. As a younger guy in the media, I was more about the media-y side, which plays its part and plays its Big role and, and whatever I was doing, whether it was TV or print or whatever. But the business really intrigues me now and sponsors and what they're getting out of it and, and obviously we're working with brands in, in our business and the podcast and the website and all that sort of yeah. stuff. What are sponsors looking for now as opposed to 10 or 15 years ago? Because we've had all these other tools arrive that, you know, when you rolled up at Walkinshaw in 2008, yeah. digital and social media, <laughs> you know, yeah. what's that? Things have changed so much. So what are they looking for now that they weren't looking for back then, apart from the obvious digital elements? Yeah, I, I think uh, it used to be the bigger the bigger the sign, the better. And so you're constantly in battles in 98 uh, – sorry, in 2008, a lot more in battles about how big the sign is mm. and uh, how, and how many the, eyeballs are seeing yeah, it. Yeah, how many eyeballs. In the it. traditional sense of a telecast. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that was – almost 80% of the value, whereas I think the signage is probably 20% of the value now. So mm. it's turned on its head and it is the digital and the content side is huge. Um, but equally, every partner has their own bespoke objectives of what they want. So we have some partners who have big signs and want big visibility but have less of a program off track. We have some partners who might spend the same amount of money, small signs but big programs off track, experiences, B2B dinners, introductions. So our role is to understand what everyone's in it for and do as good a job as we can to add value in that space. Mm. For instance, we had a dinner in uh, Townsville. Um, we had 28 um, people at a dinner on, on Saturday night, and that's huge. But, you know, we plan it with military precision about, you know, these are the four people in our business who are running it, and we talk about who we want to meet who and who which objectives we have. Because quite often you'll have, and a lot of teams like this, yeah. sponsors that although they're in different signs on the car, different trades, different worlds – can do business together. Very much so. Well, you got some examples of how that works in, in your team, for example? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Morris have been with us for 11 years and uh, are intrinsically linked in the um, uh, Walkinshire Automotive Group, for, for one, but equally uh, when SP Tools, when you go on Easy Credit, that's because we introduced Morris to SP and they created a program in that. Mm. Um, you know, so the amount of uh, different business opportunities you can create just helps solidify the investment on a sign. Now, um, they're going to personal now, so we're going to start pushing um, the personal side. So we've got a new objective, but it doesn't stop everything else mm. uh, in the B2B introductions. And, you know, every partner from um, Optus, Mobile One, uh, NTI, you know, we've just put on a new brand on the car, Velo, uh, on on the weekend, all have their objectives of what they're looking to achieve. So we there's no cookie cutter, one size fits all packaging. Like it's we we have a really clear distilled view of what they want, mm. and we try and deliver that using this the events um, as the opportunities to bring it to life again. Mm. What do you need more of as a supercar team? In, to, to, to add value, to reach more eyeballs <clears throat> that, that maybe the new owners need to do, that this new car needs yeah. to do. I'm so interested because the, the, what is it, 11, 12 teams, wherever it might be, crucial that they're all healthy, crucial that they're True. not all being propped up by other businesses within their ownership group and kind of, oh, well, we, we're losing 
two or three million on the supercar team, but it's all right because we're making a pile in this other stuff and it's a bit of fun and all that sort of stuff. I don't think that's a good thing for the majority of pit lane to be in that scenario. No. What do you guys need more from this next new era to be able to solidify your base and grow your base to have you know more opportunity? Is it a lot of people say yeah. it's simple? Oh, more events, bigger TV, money, great. Yeah, but that comes with other payoffs. So a- then, what a- else do you need? Absolutely, I think. You can increase your eyeballs, but still have the same uh, number of events. So free to free to air events is a big one. One, but two is access to content from uh, events for the teams to share. So at the moment, is that restricted? It from is. Supercars? It is yeah, it's yeah, a bit better than it used to be, it's but a lot it's still better. But yeah, a bit restricted. But if you could create live content uh, or bring content to um, your digital media during the race of a great pass that Chaz had on Cam Waters or, you know, bring great moments to it. We're going to help bring fans but also fans' friends who who have been shared to or they see a like Mm. on it to understand supercars a little bit more and buy into the sport. I think what we've got to do is widen the sport and get not only the avid fans who attend, watch and uh, follow supercars but the avid fans' friends who are the fringe who might go to an event once a year, who might see it on the news and be mildly interested at Bathurst, you know, but you need those people to get a greater knowledge to to understand what Shane's about, to understand um, how Chaz drives and, you know, and to buy into the, wow, this is pretty cool because I've caught the bug, mm. you've caught the bug, mm. you've had it for a long time. Mm. You know, it's I want other people to understand it mm. um, because so the more access to that content I think would be a, uh, a great thing, but that depends on a TV rights deal and, you know, a media deal that, that allows that. Mm. There's a whole pile of elements that yeah. need to happen for yeah. for something like that to, to happen. Is Ryan Walkinshaw misunderstood? Do, do, do people out there have the wrong lens of him? Oh, um, oh, I'm a massive fan and friend of Ryan, but, you know, the, the thing that people don't understand about him is um, – He's super intelligent. Like he is one of the most well-read, um, insightful and can talk about any topic. From what's, what's his top five topics that he could uh, cover off at great length? Motorsport, clues, yeah, what, and automotive. Or, motorsport, automotive, Bitcoin, crypto. <laughs> you know, he's uh, amazing to talk in regard to that. Um, you know, uh, amazing in a, in a science sense if you talk to him about – you know, space and atom, you know, atoms and everything like that. Like he'll talk to you stuff and obviously my eyes mildly glaze over, but he's, you know, like, and one thing if you're a fan out there, never, never say to Ryan, I saw a ghost. Um, oh, yeah, God, because, no. no. Because, yeah, he, oh, he's, one he's, of them? he's one of them. Oh. He's just like no <laughs> such thing physically cannot exist. There's no, you know, like so he's. Like fiercely on that one, um, and if you talk to him about uh, biorhythms or um, horoscopes, you know, like it's offensive to him, <laughs> which is very funny. So yeah, talk, I, I encourage fans to introduce themselves to Ryan and say what star sign they are. <laughs> Hi, my name's Michael. I'm a Virgo, um, because he will hate that. He will hate that. Um, yeah, so he's very, very, very good in that space. Um, he he's and he's a very funny man, very very witty. So uh, he doesn't like really talking about soccer. He's you know like he's pretty passionate about the sports. He he's loves. a rugby man. He's a rugby Gloucester man. Gloucester and he is yeah. 
You know, has he adopted an AFL team? I, I never asked. Yeah, him. he he kind of has adopted the Cats. Oh, well, because uh, they were winning. Yeah, yeah, and exactly, because they're now sponsored exactly. by Ford. They're sponsored yeah. by Ford. There's an well, He adopted the Cats because of the team that Morris took them down there one time, and you know they're a very successful team. So I cynically, you know, unless you've struggled in following your team, I can't really support that. Um, yeah, and and animals, he's amazing as well. Like he loves cats, especially. Like, well, there you go. There's the Geelong thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Problem solved. Exactly. There's so many other things I could say, Noons, but I won't. <laughs> I'm protecting <laughs> your, your you here, employment Ryan. is important to you. Yeah, great. Important. Tell me about Michael and and Zach. Yeah, uh, obviously on the outside, we know of their racing resume. We know Michael as a driver and a really successful team owner and Zach commercially, his, his story is, oh, is incredible. incredible. I'd love to, to, to read and follow what he's done and, of course, yeah. the McLaren stuff and the involvement with, with you guys. Um, races at heart, hardcore yes. races. They're hardcore. all about this place, yeah. you know, winning stuff and lots of stuff. Totally. What do we not know about those two? Uh, what do you see that we don't see? Well, I think, Michael, you, you see what you get. Like he is very, very um, – uh, passionate about racing, and he's just a a, a hardcore racer. So um, he'll uh, send texts or you know um, from during the races and um, WhatsApp messages about what's happening here and what's our strategy there. So he's all over it. Like um, his following of our team is super close. Um, so I, what the fans don't see is how hard he is watching and riding our team. I think Zach he he's amazing because. He's the biggest commercial person on world motorsport. So for someone like me, got to be on the game. <laughs> um, and he's a very short one-answer person. So um, just cut to the chase. No bullshit. No fluff, just straight to the chase and you'll either get cool, yes, or um, no. explain. So, yeah. you know, he's um, – and that's good. I mean, he's got a lot of people reporting to him, a lot of people in Formula One and, uh, and challenges he has in various motorsports – so he just cuts through the bullshit and just wants it straight up. You got a Zach impression? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Noons. Uh, what I'm thinking is, hey, Zach, if you hear this, I'm only joking, you right? All right? Not bad. <laughs> I, I won my trophy, Bruce, so send me the Peter Brock trophy quickly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. Well played, well played. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, it's I'm, been nice I'm, knowing you. You've just been sacked for that. I'm going to regret uh, that, I can tell. Now, before I came to do this podcast, I I like to talk to my wife about who I'm going to interview. Oh, my God. Because she's got a different lens on all of this sort oh. of stuff. And when I said I'm going to talk to Bruce Stewart, she said, is that the guy that said fuck a lot on Inside Line? Gee whiz. I said, well, uh-huh. you just picked a bad time to yeah. take a glass of water <laughs> yeah, then, didn't yeah. you? And I said, darling, yeah. yeah, that kind of is. But you know what? I watch that and I, you know, I enjoy watching all this yeah. other programming that we do. And I kind of felt like you turned it up a notch, Brucey. I Do you felt really, like you, you just put a bit of extra sauce on this. Now, can you tell the world out there that you went, oh, I knew the camera was on and I wanted nah. to really pound the, pound the desk or, no, no, that was legit. That was I, I, I was I, really pissed and I let it fly. I think I do say fuck a lot. <laughs> um, and, and my wife pulled me up on it and she said, no, you, you – do let it go a little bit too often. <clears throat> I think was, was it not appreciated when it was viewed at home on TV? No, I got pulled up on it. No, okay. to be fair, and so I've really been trying to stop that. I think it's I'm a little bit illiterate. Um, I'm also trying to fit into Aussie culture. You know, I'm trying to sound like you guys. Um, so you know, 
because obviously you descendants of convicts, so you know, I, you know, really got to try and fit in with the ling- lingo. But no, um, yeah, it was it scared the hell out of me. I I saw it and I went, oh my god, like yeah, no, um, and I think also. We were away for a long period of time. There was plenty going on. And it additional. was pretty emotional. Yeah. Like, there was a lot going on back in Melbourne as well. Melbourne was in lockdown and thank you, Dan Andrews. Fuck you, Dan. Oh, can you cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, so you were having calls from home and understanding what they were going through and then we were having our own challenges on the road and it was just trying to sh- show emotion. I'm a pretty emotional person. So I think uh, – that was my way of um, instead of saying very, I was probably using that word. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I I you forgot about the cameras. You know, like that was the good thing. But then sometimes you when they showed what the episode was going to be, it was like, oh man, I didn't know you caught that. But the key is there. Did you have veto of being able to pull that sort of stuff out if you said if you asked for it to be taken out? Yeah, that they they did that, but then we were. Well, it's got to have some warts. It's got to be just. It can't be all no. nicely. Yeah, kumbaya, yeah. holding hands, no, walking down totally. the road. Like that, that's probably what our. I'm interested in your take of this. Our sport's guilty of that. Yes, it is. That and, and but it, it winds back to what you talked about earlier. It's ingrained in the young drivers yep. of how important it is to thank your mum and dad, thank yes. your sponsors as a carter. Yeah, it's so crucial that commercial support, the, all the deals. If you're a ripping footballer and you can kick six and get 35 touches, yeah, doesn't matter what you do, say whatever. Yeah, absolutely, they'll find a way to make sure you're playing next week. Yeah, but we've got that thing. Yes, and I don't know how we fix it or change it. It's true because you've got one of the you know in Chaz, you've got one of the top. Skilled drivers, but also one of the oh, great personality drivers yeah. of the championship, if not the best personality. So, if we can't bust him out um, and take him and transcend the sport, yes, who can we? Uh yeah, well, plenty of questions there, and I think you're right. Uh, firstly, with Chaz, he should be out there like that, you know, because you're right. He's a a beautiful human being, but very very funny person. And brings people along with them. So, yeah, I'm. I'd love to see Australian sports fans outside of motorsport recognise, hey, this guy's pretty cool because he's not trying to be anything he's not. Mm. He's he's he acknowledges he's an Aussie bogan, and love it. <laughs> celebrates love it. it. He celebrates yeah. it. He celebrates it. Um, yeah, it's so that's one. And you're right too. The sport we do distill things down a lot, and we do consciously worry about how it's perceived and, uh, you know, we've got to be a bit braver. Mm. We've got to allow um, a few heroes and villains, you know. I think um, I feel like no one wants to put the black cap on because mm. it kind of goes against the way that they're – I mean, yeah. plenty of opportunity. I look at it and see Van Gisbergen yes. as involved in plenty of situations where he could put on proudly wear the black cap. He could. Like literally not just because he's a Kiwi, black yeah. cap and all that. Yeah. But – Grice did it. Ingle yes. did it. Yes. He could do it, but he chooses not to. Yes. And no one else chooses to wear it to stand out from the crowd because, let's face it, Russell did it he, as a d- deliberate decision. Yes. And it worked for him. It, it did. It totally worked. It did. The, yeah, the enforcer. And, and uh, I think you're right. But the, the hard part is because the commercial backing is so important in motorsport and perception is everything for a lot of brands, for most brands, that – 
um, no one has the confidence in the brands that they would would be backing them if they could carry off the black cat thing that they would They'd do be it. supported. They would be supported. Mm. That that's the heartland of it. Mm. You know, we've seen in all kinds of motorsport drivers who should be in there, and we've got one right now and a co-driver in our team, Fabian Coulthard, who's not in the main game mm. because he didn't have that commercial support. And when the tide turns against you, you don't have that weight pushing for you to keep you in the game. Mm. Um, and yeah, I I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't know how to solve it, man. Same, same. I, I don't know. It's one thing to identify the things, yeah. but it's another thing to then actually. I like that. In, about it. I like that on Brody though. Like uh, I'm a. He's got a bit of that. He has, and I'm mm. a big fan of Brody. And I said to him after 2020 Bathurst, he was holding up. He he got behind Wink Up, and Wink Up had that moment, and then he was holding up uh, Chaz, and um, oh, and he was on his tail. He was. They were having a ding dong battle, and I was like, "Man, fuck, are you shit me, Brody?" But man, I really enjoy watching you drive. And he was, you know, like, "Wow," you know, it was like, "Yeah, no, well done." Like you got in the way, you're, you know. But I kind of like that in him. I like that fight in him. Um, equally, I I do like him that he's one of the sort of. He fits his suit a little bit more snugly than most of the drivers. And you know what? I've got to respect that. He's a bit of middle order batsman about him. Um, although he has fined down a little lot, Brody, so don't take this to heart. But, yeah, um, I kind of like how he represents himself. And you like the engine that's in his car. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I hope he does too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. What's been along the way your greatest moments? I mean, there's what WAU, WR, HRT. Yeah. Clearly Bathurst wins kind of always stand yes. out strongly, but are there are other things along the way that maybe aren't the ones we yeah. default to that you remember fondly. Might even not have been at a track. It might have been at the workshop or yeah. a, a, a race win or a result that we all don't really stop and think at. at yeah. Um, I think one more most recently was the win at Darwin. That was bigger than people probably could understand because we made some pretty silly mistakes and I, I have to wear the – um, fault for that um, on Saturdays. So in our process and how we were, um, how we dealt with it as well. You know, in regard to the fan and the event and mm. all of those things, and that ultimately comes under me. So process and programs, it sits with me. And then uh, equally, you know, there was a bit of focus on us on Sunday morning. Garth wanted an interview. I was sort of, like, you know, and then it was, you know, well, just. Once you had it, then hopefully the thing's a little bit dead. Um, and, uh, you know, so we spoke pretty frankly and, you know, we are going through that and we were pretty embarrassed, but, you know, we eyes forward on the day, on Sunday. And then for Chaz to win that race. And like, way. Way won. And he won it when everyone was just waiting for the tyres to exactly. disappear. Oh, mate. Like that was like from boiled lollies to chocolates. Um, and let's not kid ourselves, we came back after after that and, you know, really reviewed how we operate and what, you know, processes for the grid and for, um, you know, all kinds of scenarios to make sure that we dotted the I's and crossed the T's because the mistakes we made were not acceptable. And so we looked foolish, but then equally to win that bloody race. I remember I was running out on the pit lane like a, you know, almost half tears in the eyes, like far out. Like that was cool. So... That was amazing. Um, you know, clearly in Bathurst, are, you know, when you win Bathurst, they're uh, pretty cool, um, amazing things to win. Um, but, yeah, I, I, 
the moments that I really cherish um, are when you can actually sit and look at your team and uh, as in, and you can have a beer together or something like that. And so uh, I remember when we won Bathurst in 2009, Craig Wilson was the uh, MD and uh, we had a moment that we he said, pull down the garage doors, we're just going to have a beer, we'd stop, pack up, everyone stop. We're going to have a beer together. We're going to put the cup in the middle, the, the trophy in the middle and just re- have that. And I, I really cherished that. I thought that was bloody hell. And I, I, so I was determined that if we won it, we were going to do that. And we did that with uh, Chaz and, and Leroy's win last year, you know, and uh, Mobile One Appliances online car. And it was like, righto, everyone, I'd stop, stop, stop packing up, pull down the doors. And it was actually, we happened to be behind the TV with, uh, Scafi and Jess and so we were just sitting there having a moment where it was like everyone let's just cherish this and that was pretty cool to sit there and have a, a beer with a couple of people and just go wow you know and I really love that because through all the emotion and the how bloody hard it is to actually sit with your mates and just have a moment where you, you look them in the eye and go how good is this I'm rap for you you're rap for me and, um, and, you know, the fans are there as well on the edge of the garage and we had a couple of them come in and we were all chatting to them and they were elated as well. That's the other moments you go, wow. It's a moments yeah. business oh. because you don't get many of them. No. So when you get them, oh. whether it's a win or a podium or a big fight back or a, it's a farewell to someone or a welcome to someone or whatever, yeah. when you get those ones, and I love oh. thank you for sharing that. It's so yeah. it's those little um, inner circle, inner sanctum, locker yeah. roomy type things that the totally. cameras don't see but yeah. you guys are clearly. That was yeah. really cool, really cool. You just got to make some more. That's, Hope we exactly knew. Exactly. Now, I've got a couple of things yeah. that I want to get your little take on. Okay. You're a Melbourne-based team. Yeah. Sandown's not far away. It's yeah. It's home, well, home track for pretty much anyone that's around these parts. Yeah. Sandown 500, can we get it back? We want it back. We need another enduro. I love the Sandown. Yeah, I love the Sandown 500 and I'd love another enduro. I think it would be great. I think uh, getting our co-drivers – a bit of race fitness, match fitness before they get to the mountain would be great. So you'd have no argument from me. I think that sounds like a great right, idea. You're on board. You're yeah, on board. Absolutely. Keep, keep uh, exactly. going and grabbing more people to get on board with this because, yeah. it's, you know, we play off it. We have such great history and every now and totally. then we just let it fritter away and we don't grab yeah. it and celebrate it and push it up there and um, that whole, oh, but the footy's on and all that stuff. Well, half the team in the finals are interstate anyway. Yes, so exactly. There's less games in Melbourne generally in that weekend anyway. So. And there's, there's opportunity. Third, week, uh, third weekend in September in Melbourne, Sunday, there's no footy because they have to play on Friday or Saturday. Mm. So if you have a big race on Sunday, it's a TV win. And I reckon we would have 25 co-drivers right now who'd be going, yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Lift absolutely. my contract rate for next year. I'll do another race. <laughs> yeah. I'll do another race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there any plan or urge or business case for you guys to do more than supercars? I mean, you've done a bit of GT yeah. and the Porsche stuff over the journey and clearly you have, you know, from a, a vehicle and manufacturing, remanufacturing business, a lot of stuff going on. But in the motorsport stuff, Beyond supercars, is there is there grounds or is there – because the pie isn't as big as it used to be for supercars teams. No. So customer work, running other programs, is that something that would make we sense? We have to. We yeah. have to. We have to. We've got a lot of people in our business um, and we're working through that right now. So, yes, love to do GT programs, love to do uh, other racing programs. Certainly saw the Walkinshaw Automotive Group uh, did some off-road 
mm. uh, racing did Fink. So really, I think, look, I think the, te- the the fillings did fall out of Luffy's teeth after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, and if anyone would keep smiling, it would be Luffy because he's a amazing person. But yeah, he did very well. But yes, hundred percent, we must. And I, if we don't have other programs under Walkinshaw Racing n- next year, then I haven't done my role properly. Mm. We we ha- we must have something. Uh, new racing programs in other categories and use our expertise to help other people share success. Gen 3, things change. Obviously, you're changing brands, but the, yeah. the way it all works changes. What's going to happen with your engine shop? Because previously, you know, you've, you do your own engines, you yes. do Erebus, you, yeah. you supply to other customers. Uh, what do you do now with that with that side of things? The good thing is we've had a long visibility on it and so we've been looking and adapting other programs already. So we're doing some stuff with Walkinshaw Automotive Group here. Um, we started doing um, work with Grove as well. So um, And we've started looking and working on old Holden engines and old uh, WR engines. Which is plenty out there. Plenty out yeah. there. Super 2 has to be um, a category of focus for us and our engines are really good. So we're well esteemed in that respect. So um, I believe we'll, well, not believe, I know we'll be continuing our engine programs in those areas. But also with what we just spoke about with other categories, I think there are opportunities there mm-hmm. as well. So we're going through that right now, working very hard on that. Is there any of your... You know, you're going to change wholesale brand and era of car next year. Are all the current cars accounted for? Is there anyone that can get a bargain with you to grab one before they go and finish oh, yeah. in the in the leaving Holden Walkinshaw Andretti United uh, out the door runaway <laughs> sale? Is there anything left that they all accounted for? Well, I've, I've got we've got one that hasn't been sold yet, and I I reckon V8 Sleuth would know which <laughs> one that is. So uh, yeah, but I'd, I'd I'd want to run that in Super Two next year. Yep. Yep. Really do so, and really would love to run two cars. So, got a couple of buyers of our cars who would be interested in seeing the cars continue running in Super Two. I think we should be um, working on program bringing young drivers through. I've really enjoyed what we did with Jaden Ojeda, and uh, the, the team did as well. And it's really good because you you upskill your engineers and you give young mechanics opportunities. So it's a really good pathway to. Get them ready for the main game. Mm. So, love it. Yep, big plan. Couple of questions. Our National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions, where fans get to yep. dial in their questions wow. from socials. Did you spot? Did you have a look at those before? No. Okay, no. good. That's no, this better. Is, this is good. Normally, people do the. Oh yeah, I already know what's coming here. Yeah, but, no, but I, I don't. don't. So I'm that's really good. nervous. That's now. why you're sweating bullets right oh, now. I am. Uh, first question came from Instagram from Ryan Walkinshaw. <laughs> Who's your favourite out of me, Andretti and Brown? Okay. Um, there's really clearly no winners in this answer. So uh, th- thanks for your question, young Ryan. Um, on the proviso that Michael and uh, Zach aren't listening, then, yeah, it's you. Um, but if they are, it's shared between all three. Um, but, yeah, I've certainly known Ryan for longest and he's got the most against me. So maybe you win, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried about this next one. Okay. Uh from Instagram, uh, actually, this is Bray Dog, who I think <laughs> Braden is a former yeah. WAU mechanic. He's with you guys for a long time. He's up at Triple Eight now. Yeah, he's wondering if you're still scarred by the vibration that the big bus had in Townsville 2020. Can you elaborate <laughs> at all on this? Yeah. So to have, yeah, yes, I am, Braden, and thank you very much for that. Um, 
we uh, we we started having uh, com- competition between different cars going to the track at Townsville, and I drove what was called the big bus. And to be honest, Noons had had a lot of success in leading our team to a lot of victories. So um, people started, um, yeah, putting uh, you know a lot of methods to stop our bus. And in fact, they had they raised the stops under the accelerator. Um, had zip ties around the drive shaft, so it was sounded like it was rattling the hell. But you know what? A lot of the old days of those yeah. spoky doke things on your yeah, push bike. That yeah. was exactly it. And I, I remember I was leaning out a balcony and uh, I saw Braden down near the uh, the bus. I said, "What are you up to?" And he looked up and he half shit himself and he, he said, oh, "Oh, Tom and I are going to get an ice cream and all that." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, no worries. Catch you boys later." Um, but little did I know that Braden had been underneath it. Setting me up for the next morning. So, yeah, you'll keep running. <laughs> Troy Turner's question. Yeah. How many Gen 3 Mustangs will you build for the start of next season? Um, well, we certainly for our team, we'll certainly have two and hopefully three. Mm. Have a spare. Yeah. Just in case. Uh, Shane Sawyer has a question too. Now, he says about the Darwin win being awesome, which we yeah. just talked about before. Yeah. But the turnaround for getting home was a bit tricky out of oh, Darwin. yeah. Because he, and if you follow socials, you probably were across this, but a lot of yeah. our listeners might not be. But there was a real drama yes. getting back from Darwin. Yeah. Um, and he was on the plane. Oh, was he? Yes. I got on your show. So can you fill us in on, on what happened? Because this was the long – I mean, Darwin to Melbourne's a bit, little bit yeah. cool. But this became such a saga to get – your team, other teams, other people in supercars back yeah. from Darwin to Melbourne. It was. We uh, we jumped on a plane. I was lucky enough to be in one of the rows at the front of economy, um, sat there, uh, put the AirPods in. Um, there'd been a bit of furor on the way. Some person was a bit drunk getting on the plane. Anyway, long story short, an hour and a half into the flight, I sort of woke from a stupor and, and looked and I thought, geez, we're coming into land and it uh, looks like Darwin. And I looked across to Kevin from Dunlop and I said, what's what's going on, mate? And, he's, and he said, I think we've gone technical. And I was like, crikey. Um, and we flew past Darwin out to sea and I thought, Man, we're bloody going in here. Um, and then as the pilot banked, I let go of the seats and tried to re- look relaxed and thought, no, no, we're going to be okay. Ends up one of the passengers, this person shouldn't have been left on the flight um was abusing a lot of my team and um a couple of our really mild mannered engineers look if if it was ryan walkenshaw or myself or andrew wiles sitting next to this person i kind of understand it but it was one of our really um you know lovely engineers who, who doesn't really um say anything to offend anyone anyway we had to ditched that person off the plane and they got clapped off the plane and, um, you know, the federal... And they were affected by oh, alcohol, alcohol, drugs, drugs knows, yeah, yeah, everything, you know. Yeah. And actually, well, they got clapped off the plane. They got clapped off the plane by us because we got removed from the plane first. Everyone had to get off and the federal police had to get this person off and it was, that was pretty upsetting. Anyway, in Darwin, it was too late for the plane to take off again so we had to stay the night in Darwin Um and had to book everyone accommodation, every, sort everyone out of food and dinners, et cetera, and then get back on the plane the next day. Noons were on the plane, um, 90% of the people on the plane, a couple of people were outside the plane. I'm like, what's going on? No, we have to evacuate the airport. So everyone had to get off the same plane we'd been on twice, leave the airport, 
and, and stand on a queue for an hour and a half outside. Oh, yeah. So by the time we got on the plane the third time, the pilot said, look, we've got about 20 minutes for everyone to get on and for us to take off. Before we run out of time, you're going to stay for another night. So anyway, they did a good job, the team at Virgin, and to uh, to get us going. Yeah, but but, but uh, frustrating, was that Shane? Who wrote yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. Well, Shane, good on you, mate. Appreciate you writing in and sending that. I hope you got home okay. So all good. It, it, Makes those moments of the win yeah. on the weekend. Yeah, you got to celebrate them because for those couple of days. Oh, <laughs> mate, mate, mate nightmare, nightmare. Oh, anyway, you got nightmare. home. Here we go home. Worked out okay. Worked okay. Uh, Trent Urza normally asks food related questions, but he's changed it up this week for our final one. Wow, you would have thought you would ask and me I'm, a food related one. <laughs> beef jerky. You yeah, that? yeah. This will tell a lot about you, your okay. psyche of where okay. you're at. The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin? Wow, oh, I'd have to say The Rock. I'm, yeah, a little bit of a fan on the rock, you know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. How does that reflect? What, is, what, what do you think about I think Stone that Cold? means that you, you like nice things, you've yeah. got a raised eyebrow, <laughs> you know, you're probably you're a bit more Miami than Texas. Okay, okay, got it. The, okay, yeah, okay, the yeah, rock, the rock. Yeah, that, that, good, that, good, that good question. Yeah, 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 no worries. He always gives us something a bit different. Nice, I like you it. just don't know where it's yeah. coming from. But, uh, mate, thank you so much Thanks, for, for hosting us today. Really appreciate thank the sit you. down. A bit of business, a bit of Brucey, a bit of thank inside you. line, a bit of this, that and everything. So really appreciate the time and all the best for the rest of the year. Big second half coming up in the, the Repco Supercars Championship and a big change next year, but I'm sure you'll uh, send off your current era in style. Thanks. Thank you. And thanks to young Ryan for riding in as well. So great having you here, Noons, and uh, look forward to seeing you at a track. And there you have it, Bruce Stewart on the V8 Salute podcast, powered by Repco. Great to sit down with Bruce at the Walkinshaw Automotive Group and run through a whole pile of things over the course of that hour or so. I think we, we, we covered a lot of ground, really, across the course of this episode. We can't wait to see how the rest of the championship unfolds for WAU heading towards those big marquee races later in the year and, of course, putting the full stop on their chapter racing Commodores, which, well, when you think Walkinshaw and Commodore, it dates all the way back to 1987 when Tom drove a Commodore in the Nürburgring round of the World Touring Car Championship and of course created Holden Special Vehicles, the Holden Racing Team and everything that has flown on from there. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. It was really great to sit down and have a chat. Every Tuesday, Castrol Motorsport News Podcast is back with Andrew and Stefan. Fridays, it's Repco Supercars Weekly. And of course, we've got plenty of stuff every Wednesday in the V8 Podcast, powered by Repco upcoming. Next week, Stefan Bartholomew is in the studio with me to answer your questions. It's a special Q&A episode of the V8 Salute Podcast. So we will chat to you again this time next week. Supercars in Sydney, racing all weekend long. Panasonic Air Conditioning, Sydney Super Night, 19 to 21 July. Now a ticket app. Supercars, unforgettable. Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years. From the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them, AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au.